Jason Twist. Darren Pang just robbed you. You can't beat the heart of a lion and Kelly Jake. He's not going to back Kelly Chase up at all. Chase will fight this thing until he's absolutely out of gas. A great play along the wall to start with. Just keeping the puck in. Shattenkirk with a quick decision. Schwartz bouncing on the puck. The save of the year. The absolute save of the year. Holy jumping. What a save this is. The pucker factor down on the Chicago bench is pretty pretty high right now. Let me tell you. The Blues have stuck with the plan. The push was on. And that leaves the sniper off the bar and in the net. And that is our drive to the net. And why wouldn't it be? This is Jason Putts with Panger, only on NHLPodcast.com, a lineup media group production. Now, your hosts, Kelly Chase and Darren Pang. Welcome in, Jason Putts with Panger. Panger, good to, good to have you on NHLPodcast.com. Hey, uh, great week of hockey. Lots of stuff going on around the league. We get a chance to sit in and tap into some of it and give our opinions. And uh, I, I kind of getting into this podcast thing, pal. I got to be honest with you. I had uh, I had a uh, some good reactions. Some, of course, negative reactions on uh, some of the things I th- thought uh, last week, which I love. <laughs> Hold on, give me an update. What was it? Well, what, do you, well, what did you, know, you get? Some guys were, you know, they weren't happy with a couple of the things that I said. For, first of all, you know, the officials protecting yep. the officials yep. thought I was more than fair with them. Tell them it's a hard job, but I still think they should answer the media. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, just a couple of things that we had said about, uh, you know, maybe bringing some stuff out and, and talking about. Uh, um, whether or not there is, we really do need to talk about the negative of Sidney Crosby's having a riff with Mario Lemieux and all the gossip part of it. But that that's what yeah. makes it fantastic. And and for us, uh, you know, we're lucky. We get to uh, we get to be around the league and hear hear the, a little bit of the side stories, which I think is extremely interesting. And one of them this week, of course, is uh, from your old team, Patrick Kane. What an outsole! <laughs> you watch the game lot. On, oh uh, yeah! What was it on uh, Thursday night Un- in Ottawa? Believe keep yeah. away. Yeah, him and the yeah. young Russian kid. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's uh, we got to rename it's, Kane. Well, it's got to be Kaneov. Kaneov? Yeah, because he's with Anisimov and uh, <laughs> Panarin, Artemi Panarin, and now it's Patrick Panarin, Kaneov. Panarin and uh, and and Kane have got a similar look, a similar disposition, and a phenomenal ability to see and project where other guys are going on the ice and the puck arriving at the same time their their uh, their teammates do. It's it to me it's awesome watching them. It was if you just watched the highlights like Brad Shaw said today, you would have thought they were the only line to played. That was a good line by Brad Shaw. It, it Brad Shaw is an associate coach of the uh, St. Louis Blues and whenever you ask Brad a question, he, he gives you a good answer, huh? He said, "Watch yeah. the highlights and there was looked to me like there was only one line out there, I would actually only say there was two players out there. No offense to uh, Anisimov, who scored a nice goal because of a great play by Kane going the old fake behind the net and reverse f- the flow that, to the same that direction that you came from. Was that something? How many times have we seen that kind of goal this year, though? Well, you know, Pavel Dimitrov you know was the best I, that I saw at it. He yes, would he throw was, it out the backside it? of the net. Uh, Kachuk and Mellenby. Uh, usually Kachuk arriving first and Mellenby on the other side. And it was it was awesome. I mean, the way that those guys could... Could do that was phenomenal. Patrick Kane, he was three quarters of the way backside of the net when he, he did that last night. Did time. you see where Anderson was, the goalie? I did. No, completely <laughs> you know, on the other side of the net, worried that's about not even the, fair. Worried about the wraparound <laughs> from the kid. You know. Hey, when Pavel Dimitri did it, did, he's a left hand shot with a big toe curve, right? Yeah. Pav was. Mm-hmm. Did he go on his backhand side and then pass on the forehand, or did he go no. on the 
forehand side and passed on the backhand. Passed on the backhand. Just sa- exactly the same way yeah. as Kane did. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I've noticed that some guys are going, you know, the other way, and then they reverse it this no, way. They would I mean, go they're going to get drilled down the, the right wing, and feed it back to the backside. Yeah. Now, if you remember Dallas Drake, Dallas Drake used to make a living catching guys coming around the net. Oh, he drilled that back pass. Boy. He knew they were going to do it, and he would come from the wing. All the way down and meet him right at the post. You know, the first guy that I saw drill a guy that way was Wendell Clark. He was yeah. good at that hit, too. Oh, my. He hit was Bruce, he good he at hit that Bruce hit? Bell around the net. Oh. And he, poor Bruce Bell. They had to use a squeegee and a water hose and you know, whatever else to get him out of there. Poor guy. <laughs> uh, it was but awful. That, what is, so, what's Kane at right now? Tw- right As as we're 20, doing this. 27 and uh, his, his uh, stats his, mm-hmm. uh, stats this year. I'm gonna have to pull that, buddy. I didn't. I didn't do that. But but as as we stand right here on this podcast, NHLpodcast.com, chasing pucks with Panger, he on Thursday night in Ottawa tied Bobby Hull. Right, twenty one games. Twenty one games. Twenty one games for the youngster. And so that's that leads in all American born players. But for the Blackhawk record, it's it's he's tied with uh, with Bobby Hull. Um, Amazing that Bobby Hull didn't go more than twenty one games. Well, just harder, harder to score, I think, and you know, the, I mean, get points. The games yeah. were tighter. It would just was, you know, back then the, the games just weren't, you know. Bobby Hall was one of the first guys, obviously, that, um, you know, could could put somebody in in a position where they could come out of their seats and and really jump jump up and and be a part of things. Uh, yeah, get the crowd ignited. Patrick Kane does a lot of that. He's got forty one points this year, sixteen and twenty five now. You can't talk about Patrick Kane, unfortunately, without the stuff that's gone on around him. So I think for mm-hmm. him to concentrate, Panger, um, you know, I'm... lesson learned from him, you know, on, on we don't know the details of it. And, nope. you know, and, you know, we'd be foolish to start sitting on here guessing. Um, but he's a motivated athlete. For whatever reason, he is a motivated athlete. a motivated athlete. athlete. No you question think last year when he, you know, he broke the clavicle? Yeah. And uh, ends up um, not winning the Art Ross. He was leading at that time. Right. You know, Jamie Ben wins it. John Tavares was there the whole way, probably until 20 minutes were left in the season. So exactly and, right. Right. Yep. And then so now you've got a guy that was sniffing around for the Art Ross Trophy, and he's got a you know he's got a chance to do it again this oh, year. Oh, he's on a mission. He's on a mission. And here's yeah. the thing with Patrick Kane. He's had some incidents in the past too on the off ice. If you exclude what's just gone on, because we don't know what happened with it. But I, you know, he got in some grief. He was uh, the you cab know, driver. Yeah, well, the cab driver. He got in. He got in some grief. And, you know, a limousine. Thing. Listen, young guys do some silly things sometimes. Not you well, and I. We well, never. Well, did the one so. thing I will say just, though, remember he took some grief about having a limo and his shirt off in the limo with yeah. some pictures or whatever in Vancouver. Yeah, you, you win a cop. <laughs> I know you're not allowed to do that. You're a single guy. <laughs> you're responsible enough to get a designated driver. Yeah, exactly. And heaven forbid. You have girls in a limousine. Yeah. Oh, and you're drinking. But you know what? I wouldn't do it right now. Take my shirt off in any limousine. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't take my shirt off anywhere, but in my bedroom right now. That matters to anybody. But uh, if I'm Patrick Kane, yeah. Now listen, I'm having uh, what fun. a season this young yeah. man has had, and and uh, yeah. for whatever reason the focus is, um, he is focused, and and, and I, I I quite honestly enjoy watching the kid, and I I mean uh, you know obviously. Uh, when you're when you're doing the games and, and what our, what our vocation is and where we're situated, we mm-hmm. see quite a bit of them. But I think uh, it speaks volumes about that team that they've been able to keep that core group of guys together. Um, you know, Seabrook on the back end uh, with Keith, and then 
and then Jonathan Taze and of course Corey Crawford. So if you could, that's that's the foundation of a of a of an excellent organization that has done uh, volumes to uh, to keep a core group together and win three cups in six years. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And then, well, they added, you know, Hosa was a good add-in. Um, they got enough out of Patrick Sharp to, to win cups and then move him along at his age yeah. to allow Artemi Panarin to step in there. It's unbelievable. So that, when, that, I, when I talked about... That transition's when, been really good for them, and it's been good for Dallas as well. Uh, you talked to, to Joel Quenville, and he was talking about how... You know what? You know he goes. Listen, I think some of the guys, the young guys we have coming in, are better than the guys that we just won the cup with. Yeah, they're not as Already. experienced, but they're go- they're right. Yeah, and and that's they're one playing thing. right now. Listen to me. He's the best coach in the league yeah. because he's figured out how to keep enough pucks on the ice for everybody to be happy. That's hard to do, huh? It certainly is. And and with you know with Hosa there as well, which we didn't mention, he's made everybody happy, kept his stars happy, and has the foresight to realize that the older guys that were pieces that made them successful could move on and give young guys the opportunity to succeed. Remember, they lost Brandon Saad as well. Yep. Like, that's a big hole. Bickle didn't do anything in the playoffs and had a tough, tough run. But I'll tell you what, you know, you can't, not enough can be said about guys that play uh, those kind of minutes for them. You lose them and then able to throw young guys in and and pick up where they left off. I think it's phenomenal. I want to talk a little bit about a couple of teams that really there isn't a lot being said about right now, and, and one of them is the Washington Capitals. I mean, you know, yeah. they right now the Washington Capitals they just beat the Montreal Canadiens. They they they've uh, I think they're on a th- three game winning streak. Mm-hmm. They're they're playing extremely mm-hmm. tough hockey, and they were a team that maybe isn't getting a lot. They're getting a uh, you know, as I like to say, the attention of a white crayon. And to me, I look at this Capitals team, and I start looking at some of the guys that are playing on this team and, and the points that they have right now, and I'm telling you, I, I think there isn't anything going on that's better right now than watching young offensive stars that we have in our game that are starting to, that are starting to find their way. A ton of them on that Washington team. I like, I, I like the makeup of the Washington team. Uh, beginning of the year, um, I, was, I was on a panel chaser, and you know we, we all go through who we think. That's a that's a tough challenge in itself. Uh, at the you know you're talking about September, and you're going to pick a Stanley Cup winner. I'm never generally right in that area, but uh, in the panel that I was on, uh, several picked Washington to get to the Stanley Cup final and represent the East. And I thought about it, and I, I was thinking at that time, I'm thinking, boy, they're going to miss, you know, they're going to miss Troy Brower, they're going to miss Joel Ward. Those are two big plotting sure right wingers, heavy guys, yeah. down low plays. They bring in Justin Williams, who I I'm not going to speak for you. I think we're all I'm a I'm a huge fan of Justin Williams for a lot Boy, of reasons. Um, I think that this is where maybe analytics or a um, a hockey school mentality evaluating a player. Justin Williams wouldn't get drafted and wouldn't get picked if you put a bunch of numbers on a player and you send him out for a scrimmage. But then you watch the games, and he's the guy that gets the puck in the corner. He's the guy that makes the play at, at a big time in a game. He scores goals. Um, I'm just such a big fan of his um, for those reasons, and then and T.J. Oshie, who we you know we obviously know real well and saw him develop as a player and as a man in St. Louis. He needed a change. He got a change, and he's having the time of his life right now playing with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. Oh. So we need a Russian name for him too. Oshie, Oshie, Oshinov. Oshie, it's got to be Oshie, 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 Oshie
But anyway, but he's having, and that's a good team. I was thinking, looking at their D too. Hard matchups, huh? Carlson, big, strong defenseman. Brooks Orpik, between the whistles and in a seven-game matchup. I'm not a fan of him. But but in that matchup I, game, I, I know. You know, I know. Hey, listen. In the matchup game, you, you got to you know that I understand, he's hard for players to I play against. I understand uh, he, what what exactly it is you're saying, but I I for me, I'm not. I I think I think Brooks Orpik, the way he hits and stuff, and and then and then isn't able to, and then doesn't. Uh, doesn't doesn't like the fighting, which is part of the game, mm-hmm. and loves to hit, and to, and he's been suspended for hits, and the way he puts guys in vulnerable positions, I think is, it's not an honorable play, way to play for me. And is he hard to play against? I'm sure he's big, he's yeah. strong, he's tough. And what's probably makes it more frustrating is that he's as big as he is, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with anything after to initiate anything after he 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 hits guys in vulnerable positions. And to me, that's a, that would be a frustrating thing for me. How about his part? Like how about when they picked up Matt Niskanen? I love the pick. You I know love what? the pick. At that time, it seemed like such a it's a, it's a heavy no, deal. I, but you want the player, you get the player, right? Isn't that the way? You get if the, you really want you get the, player, the player, get the no player. No question. So they, they, they pickpocket two players uh, and one a right-hand shot, which, is, as we all know, we covet right-hand shots. Niskanen. I think Niskanen's played his best hockey with the Washington Capitals. I think he's been terrific. I think he's better than what I thought he was going to be. So they get Orpix and they get Niskanen from the... Pittsburgh Penguins and Pittsburgh is uh, is missing that identity on oh, the court absolutely. in a big way. Absolutely, um, I was looking at around even. How about Brooks? Like he's basically playing third and fourth line minutes for them. Big strong winger. He is. I like Wash for the playoffs. It's all going to come. All Maybe comes down to the goal. Fall in love in L.A. You know with the movie actresses. That's what happens. Could happen. Hmm. Could happen. Your game yeah. could dip a little. It could. <laughs> play a role at home. You're playing a role now on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I like Brooks. Wasn't it Brooks that stopped in them after a playoff game and after a loss and helped somebody with a flat tire? A fan that was leaving the game, they had a flat tire. He just stopped randomly because he saw they were in trouble on the street. And it was a hey, listen, a guy. That's pretty awesome. Oh, Reg- don't tell me he's from Saskatchewan. Oh, oh, oh yeah. for the love of Christmas, Regina, Regina, Saskatchewan. It's no wonder you like the guy. Okay, Uncle, I'm out. I, I I'm mean, out. where's Holtby from? Yeah, another is, guy. Is he from Saskatchewan yeah. too? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Hey, speaking of Saskatchewan, because we are rambling all over the place, okay? Yeah. But um, another Saskatchewan boy, congratulations to Jeff Coop, uh, to John Cooper. Yeah, he got big, an extension from Steve Eiserman and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, I got to give the the uh, general manager credit. He sees his team in a little bit of a slide. He knows that the stock is down. He bounces on the guy and says, "Hey, what do you what do you think? You want to get this extension done?" He's your buddy. He's I a know. K- he's a KG veteran. Yeah. Well, you think he's going to sign him to a long-term deal while they're twenty-five and one? <laughs> no. Let's humble him a little bit. Let's get the dollar figure down. John a Cooper bit. loves his team. He loves uh, the city of Tampa. Yeah. Uh, great situation for him and his wife and, and family, Jesse and the fa- and the kids, and so and so he knew this was a place he wanted to. And he and he said, like he said, he said, you know, I'm working for a general manager. I, Privately said, I, I just still can't believe I'm going to work and Steve Eiserman's sitting across from me sometimes. That used to be privately. To now it's not anymore. Yeah, it's not. It's on NHLpodcast.com. That's right. It used to be private. Sorry about your luck, fellas. No, but, but, you, but you're right. That's a, it's a great point, though. You know, like John comes from a humble background and, and has become a great coach. 
And you, you're, you're a big reason why he's a coach in the NHL. Well, I, I you know what? I mean? You went to bat for him when he was a lawyer in Michigan. Is yeah, that right? I did talk him into uh, coming to coach for us, and I thought, I think that with the uh, St. Louis Bandits, it was the Texarkana Bandits at the time. Oh, Texarkana Bandits. And okay. he said, "You want me to leave my practice, and uh, and 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 coach, leave me a law practice." And I said, "You're just fixing parking tickets anyway." You, know? <laughs> you are so, so bad. <laughs> I give him a hard time, but we've known each other since we were young guys, and. And I'm grateful for uh, him doing that for us because we we won uh, three national championships in in the time he or two with him and one with Jeff Brown. And I'm just I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that he's having success. He's and he's one of those guys that's a real loyal guy. He's taken his staff with him along the way and yeah. and really helped out a lot of people along the way. And it's and it's, and the kids that played for him uh, went on to college and are now working around town. They have uh, they have a lot of respect for him as well. So I so I appreciate that out of Coop. You know. Yeah. And, and one thing about Tampa is one of those teams that we want to segue into that's scuffing it a bit. Mm-hmm. Calgary, yep. Anaheim, yep. you know, Colorado, Columbus. You know, okay, if you take Tampa, they, you know, obviously I believe they're going to get out of it. They haven't hit that stride where they where they need that pace where they need to get to yet. Yeah. But Calgary made some playoffs last year. Anaheim's a game away from going to the finals. Columbus who just a fall from grace at the start of the year with, you know, 0-8, 0-7 or whatever, 0-8 maybe they started, 0-7 before uh, Tortorella got there. But, I mean, what happens to those teams, Pan? What's going on in Calgary? Let's start there. Okay, let's start with Calgary. Last year, they they, uh, got everything out of that team. They had... uh, So they caught lightning in a glass. You know... I would say so. They 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 came from behind as much as any other team in the National Hockey League. I think Anaheim led the NHL last year um, in third period comebacks. Calgary was right there, Chaser. You're gonna you're gonna come back and and win miraculous games last year. They had such a great belief in themselves. Yeah. I, I love the way they played. I love the swagger that they had. I love the fact that that team got to the second round of the playoffs. Well, I think that the the swagger included. The way that the city approached them, yeah, and the way that people embraced them, because they wanted, they were looking for that uh, in Calgary, and I think that uh, you know I had a chance to talk with Lanny McDonald uh, for uh, you know, Robert De Niro uh, told me never to name drop. Is Lanny McDonald name dropping? He's in with Robert De, Mer- De Niro. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, figuring that we were, I figured since we were talking hockey, we could talk about <laughs> hockey players. I just like the line. Do I have to be? No, you know what? Gretz, ha- Gretz told me that line. No, do I? Do I have to? Do I have to be at? A, do I have to be like some of the guys we see on TV and just say I talked to some internal staff? No, you, got, you should say the name. I, I'm big huh? on saying the state. Huh? I, I'm, I'm big on saying the name. All right. I, I talked to somebody inside yeah, the organization. I talked to the insider. To, uh, yeah, I talked yeah. to some people in the organization. Hey, the guys I talk to. You talk to a trainer. That's <laughs> who you talk to. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah. Uh, but you're but, not talking about me. You're talking about the other But no, guys. but Lanny said, hey, listen, we're proud of the young guys we have playing right now. He goes, I know that they got a lot going on in Edmonton because people were bringing up the Edmonton scenario. And and uh, we were doing a, a hosting an event in Calgary. And he just said, but we have a lot of young guys we're extremely proud of. But I, I believe you're right. And the other thing is, is I know that nobody wants to hear this. I know. If there are Calgary fans listening to our podcast, I know. Are you Hart- taking ownership of this? Hartley is... Is uh, coach of the year. I know he took the trophy up and shared it with everybody in the building and said, "This is great." That you know we're all we're a part of this and so on and so forth. But hear me out. He also has a shelf life with the way he coaches. He is a demanding guy that 
for whatever reason, young players have trouble after a while hearing the same note. I might be wrong with this, but I can tell you that... But isn't that with every it is, every long-term coach? It is. I don't know that he's a long-term coach. Or career coach. coach? I, I, sorry about that. I mean, a, a career coach is a... They, they have the ability to get a lot out of guys. Right. Which Bob does. He does, but I, I wonder about... He does. Yeah, he does. But he's I a, think he's a former goalie. He's got to be. You know, he's got to get that. Well, that's one of my issues too. That he's a former goalie. Yeah, that's not right. No, he's got Jacques Cloutier on there. He's a former goalie. I think. How is it that I don't? I think that the guys, the expectations, and the um, let me let me how do how do you put this? I, I think the expectations and the demand from coaches daily is important, but I think you have a huge advantage if you played the game at this level. I think I think it's harder for a coach that didn't play the game at this level mm-hmm. to understand what it takes night in and night out, day in and day out, to be successful. And I think because I often say to coaches when they when I hear a guy one of my buddies is now a coach, for instance, uh whoever it is, Dan Hynode at one point I said, hey how long did it take for you to re- forget that you weren't a very good player? How long? And he goes, it "Doesn't take long." No, it doesn't. It doesn't take long. Well, you're watching. You're watching a lot of video. Yeah. You're. you're and you're looking at the game in a way different way. And it's uh, it's extremely an way. right. It's extremely yeah. harder to be positive. Yeah. I think uh, if if you haven't if you don't understand just how hard the game is. Yeah. Now, now I'm, I'm going to go back to the Calgary coaching staff because last year I I mean I gave them a ton of credit for their work on the bench, and I included Marty Jelena in that. I think he's you know, big for them, no a, a question. Real, I mean, obviously a former gamer, a real gamer in yep. the NHL, a yep. big-time player in my opinion, in your opinion, and, yep. and just a good person, a positive guy. Yep. And I, I think I watched his demeanor on the bench last year. I think he he also helped out uh, Hearts a lot because he took a lot of ownership of the bench as well. And it reminded me a little bit of the years that uh, in 2010 when the Montreal Canadiens went a long way to the conference final, and I watched because I did I did many games between the benches, and I watched Kirk Muller work with Jacques Martin, and right. and Kirk, I, I guess I'll use that word again. There there was such ownership and such a a connection that that he had with the players. So he's a former player. The all the players that are looking back, looking for direction, they're looking for Kirk. When someone needs to bark out a little Kirk. order or whatever, then Jacques does his thing because he is the head coach. And and a guy like uh, Marty Jelena or Kirk Muller, if they're assistants, they're not trying to run over the head coach. But but you can tell that the players just want to hear what they're what they have to say. And I saw that last year with Marty Jelena, and uh, and Jacques Luce has always been a real positive guy as well in his coaching career. But that, that helped Bob. But you know, I, I think you have to have a positive perspective, especially now. I I, I tell you all the time. I. I think uh, the the athletes now um, are um, mostly visual learners, and they need short spurts of it mm-hmm. because they're on Instagram and all of the other things that they do. They don't want to, you know, nobody wanted to watch commercials, but the the speed of life now is just different. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you don't have a guy that understands that and that wants to keep up with kind of what what these kids are thinking and what they're doing day to day, it's harder for you to to mm-hmm. have a constructive conversation with them and if you don't want to do that then you know and you don't want to change and adapt then you know there's nothing worse than a company that says well this is you know well it's just because 
why do you do it like that? Well, because that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. Those are the companies that get left behind. So yeah. to me, uh, you know, to me, that's that's something that I think with Calgary, that I think Marty's just such an important part of it. Let's go to Anaheim. Okay, let's go to Anaheim. What is wrong? No, no, let's go to Anaheim. It's well, cold let, around let, here. <laughs> okay, Are you so, saying Newport Beach? Because so I'm, I'm going so there right really now if you want. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think it is that's holding that group back? Um... You know, changes were made in the off season. Yeah, um, I thought that Kyle Palmieri last year played really well for them, mm-hmm. um, and I, I. I thought he had a really good playoff. Um, they make a move. I'm, I know I'm missing somebody here. Um, there's somebody else gone now. I got to help me here. Um, uh, Edom yeah. gets traded they- for Carl Hagelin. Mm-hmm. Um, Hagelin's a good player. We saw him in New York. He's a good player. Whatever reason right now, that chemistry of that group, they went a long way last year, and maybe it stung them a little bit that there's so many changes being made. Is that fair to say? I think they got slower. Yeah? I, it, I, I mean, it's funny because Hagelin's a quicker player. I, I think that they got slower, and I think that that this this team in Anaheim last year had a lot of momentum with the Kessler deal and, and what they did in the offseason. I think that Bob Murray tried to duplicate what he did. And I think he ran into some problems because the team isn't as active and it isn't as and it isn't as as uh, you know it doesn't have the same tendencies to be on the rush. Kevin Bieksa, love the way he plays, love love everything about how he mm-hmm. uh, carries himself. But again, he's not a guy that you know has the tendencies to just jump up on the play. And and, and again, Boschman leaves. Uh, they didn't want to sign him for whatever reason. He had a big year. Gets you know. Gets some traction in, in in the free agent market too, and and you know signs. I'll tell you what, if if it if it's me, I think that there's been a little drop in play in the Anaheim Ducks. Last year, let me see. What Pardon they, me, not play speed. Yeah, let me see where they were last year. I've got, you know me with my uh, stupid notebooks. Right, right, I love this, it. This is a playoff game last year against Chicago. So you had Maroon, Getzlaff, and Perry. Bolesky is the player yeah, I'm Matt looking Bolesky, for. Sorry right. about that. Sorry, Matt. Uh, Matt Bolesky, um, they let him go to UFA. Yep. They had a tough decision at the trade deadline. They didn't move him, kept him. Um, if they win the Stanley Cup, you, you know you never know what's going to happen with that team. They're one game away from right. getting into the Stanley Cup final. But he, Kessler, and Silverberg were pretty good together. Uh, they, Bolesky's tough. He's plays he plays tough. He, he, sure, he, he he, you know he's, he's a twenty goal scorer that that played tough and in, controlled the wing and did a good job that way. In your nose, yeah. In your nose or in your face? Yeah, in your nose. Same thing. Okay, and then uh, you know we got to come up with these new sayings. I know. I in, in your in your nose. He's a good player. He plays in your nose. <laughs> a great high, with a high hockey hockey IQ. I mean, it's all hockey IQ. Uh, Tom, you know what? Thompson's been banged up, huh? Right. Um, so that's another part. But Lind Lindholm and Boschman played together. Fowler and Dupre, Stoner and Vatnin. They got some depth on the blue line, don't they? Oh my goodness! They got that Josh Manson, well, good defenseman, right hand shot. They got Vatnin as a right hand shot. They Manson, could, they play, could probably... Manson, now you played with his brother. He plays a little bit. Or his brother, his father. His father, yeah, Dave. He, he he's got a little. You fought his father, too. I'm sure, once. Oh yeah, yeah. His dad was a tough customer. You know, that was a great uh, one of those picks. You know, we talk about Colton Preco in St. Louis. You know, being a real gem. That uh, Josh Manson was, I think, a seventh rounder, if I'm not mistaken, and. Uh, uh, went to college, unlike his dad that played major junior A in, in, in the West. And, uh, you know, not known, you know, not known, like Charlie made a, a name for himself playing alongside the likes of Ben Wilson and Glenn Cochran right, or whatever. Right, right. But this kid can skate. 
but he's got an he's got an edge to his game. Got an edge. And so he's a he's the modern day defender for me. Skates, got an edge, can tough. move the puck, tough, yeah. big enough, and uh, so yeah, they got some strength. So if they want to make any additions for me, they 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 have the ability to move a defenseman, and it could be a right hander because BX is a right hander. Vatnin's a right-hander. Josh Manson's a, a right-hander. So they got some strength there. And there's always teams looking for right-hand shots. There's always teams looking for defensemen. Yeah. So that's it. But Anaheim, to me, those big boys start chugging. Getzlaff and Perry, I know they're out of it right now. I'm not counting them out. I got Anaheim making the playoffs. That's a big stretch. In this, in, that's a big stretch. But I believe they're that good. And a core group of players that have won or have been there before will find a way to get there Will again. there be a coaching change before then? I'm going to say no. I don't know. You and I both don't know. Anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say no because I think, I think there's going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those bullets that Bob Murray still has by holding on and holding on and giving right. uh, Bruce Boudreau that opportunity to get back at it. All right. This is NHLpodcast.com, Chaser. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break on NHLpodcast.com and uh, Chase the Pucks of Panger. Back in a minute. Hey everybody, this is Matt Geiger from the You're on the Clock podcast, and if you love football the way I do, but hate hearing about the -the off-the-field drama that ESPN reports every day, then you need to go to ontheclockpodcast.com as part of Lineup Media Group. We give you the best football content every week, and we don't talk about any off-field drama, and we also do a DraftKings contest weekly where the top two players get to take home some money. So that's once again on the clockpodcast.com. Come check us out and let us know what you think. Back here with Darren Pang. I'm Kelly Chase, Chasing Bucks with Panger on NHLpodcast.com. And we are having a riot doing our podcast here. And folks, listen, if you want to uh, shoot us an email, um, you want to uh, you want to, you know, tweet us. Darren Pang, no, it's uh, at, Panger Panger, 40. at Panger Forty. Let me take Kelly care of this Chase part. at Chase and Pucks Thirty Nine <laughs> at Chase and Pucks Thirty Nine. What do you got right now? You got to be at fifty thousand followers. I don't think so, Panger. I'm just around forty. No, I think know? with this here, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I got to be honest with you. I am. I am. I am not as savvy as you with the tweeting. <laughs> be honest with you. <laughs> you know me. I'm. I'm one of those guys that just kind of, you know. Once in a while, something funny. Uh, if I can, a little throw sarcastic, it out there. A little well, yeah, you know, a little, a little sarcastic. Yeah. Throw that out there every once in a while, and and uh, make sure that I, uh, you know, get some people uh, aggravated every once in a while just for fun. And uh, no, that's uh, that's that's it. Yeah, at Chasing Pucks thirty nine. You always wore thirty nine. Was there any time in the NHL you didn't wear thirty seven? Hartford. Hartford came to Hartford with the Whalers. Yeah. Skipper there, the, the trainer said, uh, "No, we can't give you thirty nine, Chase. So we we gonna give it. We hold it for Robert Petrovicki." <laughs> said who? And he goes, "Robert Petrovicki, first rounder." I said, "Oh, okay." So I wore at the end of the year, fought about however many times. Skip's kind of starting to take a liking to me. Robert Petrovicki comes through the middle of the ice at training camp, and Stephen Rice knocks him cold with a hit. <laughs> Come in the room. He goes, "Chase." You got 39. <laughs> <laughs> what a good story that is. True, true story. You got 39, Chaser. Oh, Poor that's... Robert Petrovicki, who I happen to like. We, his nickname was Bobo. And uh, 
Bobo got knocked cold. I mean, cold. And, uh, you know, they, at that time of the, of hockey, you know, we out with the squeegee, out with the water, scraped him off the ice, shot him into the corner. He went in the training room and life went on. And, you know, uh, what number did he wear after that? I, I don't, I don't even know if he, if he came up again with us. I know we, tra I think we traded him to St. Louis. Huh. And, uh, I came back to St. Louis and he didn't have it either. Isn't, isn't it funny that he came back to St. Louis? Scott Pellerin was living in my house. He was living in my house, sitting in my stall in the locker room, wearing number thirty-nine. Okay, they just gave him that number at the start of the year. We we're going to have the home opener. I said to him, "Don't move into my house just yet because there's a small chance I'm going to trade it back to St. Louis. So don't move in today. I'll know by three o'clock." But the movers are coming. I said, "Scotty, just he moved in. I got traded." 3.30 that day, first of all, I got traded at 2 o'clock, but at 3.30, Mike Smith told me, thank him for trading me back to St. Louis, but he was looking for a house. He didn't have time to call me in to tell me, so they, no one could find him because he was looking for an apartment or a house in Toronto with a real estate agent. By the time he got back to me, I had my truck loaded because I knew I was getting traded. He said, listen, we can't keep all of you, and I'm not Mike putting Smith, you. Mike Smith, the GM? Yeah. He says, you're going, back, you're, back, you're going back home. So I'm driving back to St. Louis. I phone Scott Peller, and I come back in in the morning, for the home opener, I come down. His stuff is in my stall. Thirty nine. Take 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 thirty nine from him. Take my stall from him. Take my house back. <laughs> Poor kids, out, out, and out. Strike one, two, and boom. Back to the cage, kid. No kidding. Oh, huh? great guy too, uh, Scotty Scotty Pellerin. So, what did he wear after that? Thirty three. That's right, thirty three. So. So that was uh, I love that was the numbers the, game. Oh, I love it. Oh, well, love isn't it? it. We're, here we are doing uh, doing our podcast, chasing pucks with Panger, and you're number thirty nine, and I'm number forty. I love it. Eh? One one off the mark. 39. You know who wore number forty in Chicago? I wanted number forty because Rogie Vashaw wore number forty in Detroit. He was my hero right. when he signed that big UFA deal from uh, L.A. to Detroit. He wore number forty. Actually, in the alumni room. Uh, at Hardy's yeah, Ice Box right, with right. the Blues, there's a good picture of him in a Detroit Red Wings Saw, with number yeah. 40. And uh, and so I get to camp, and Jim Ralph is number 40. So I wear number 34, I wear number, I don't know, 31, I wear number 1 one time, and I knew they were Glenn Hall, they were going to retire it, so I didn't want to have number 1. So Oof, I yeah, no. took to, got, got that out of the way. And uh, so uh, anyway, Ralphie ends up, we're playing together in Milwaukee. He tears his MCL in Toledo. So Ralphie's done for the year. I play the rest of the games that year. I play like almost 60. I get called up to the NHL and get to play. This just luck, huh? Right. Ralphie was supposed to be the guy to do it. I take number 40 the next year at training camp. That's the number I wanted. And I make the Blackhawks. That's <laughs> oh. awesome. Yeah. Poor guy. Oh, geez. Shut right out. Isn't that something? Shut right that, out. The way that that can happen, huh? Here's oh. a story for you. John Scott leading in all-star votes. What do you do when John Scott gets voted? Don't hang your head. Lift your head up, boy. Oh, my what, God. So what do you do? What does the league do when John Scott makes the all-star game? The fans vote. No, the, you know what you do? You say, thank you, fans. We really appreciate it. You guys are great. John Scott, you're not playing in the all-star game. Does he come it there to be not a, happening. Does he come there to be on the bench as a coach? An honorary captain? No, no. He just stays at home. He goes to he goes to Cancun. Does he get an All Star jersey? That's a good call. I'd send him an All Star jersey. Absolutely. You know what? And I'd have it in a shadow box and everything. A beautiful one. What's the difference with him and and what happened last year? Um, what happened with last Buffalo year? With Buffalo and, and and yeah, with uh, Gergensen. Yeah, 
I, I, you're right. It's a popularity contest. This one here, though, is not. Gergensen's a good young player that a whole country, a whole country wanted him in there because they're a proud, small little country. John Scott is more like that defenseman in Vancouver. I can't remember his name now. They tried so hard to get him into the All Star game. A marginal player played five or six minutes. John Scott doesn't play enough. Doesn't play enough to, to be in the All Star game. That's Hanger, it. Over if, it's and a, done. Well, if it's a popularity contest, yeah. when when did John Scott become popular? Well, apparently right now, apparently there's a whole group of people that like the big guy, like the tough guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you. Yeah. Why, if they're voting, shouldn't he be recognized at being good at his vocation? They take goalies because he doesn't play enough. Because they, they take goalies. No, he doesn't play enough. I, 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 I love a guy. Okay, let's just take Matt Martin from the New York Islanders. Right. Okay? Plays 11 minutes a night. Right. Th- th- I think there's a difference between playing 11 minutes a night and playing three. Okay, so should there be a... An area for that kind of player. Area in the Hall of Fame for oh, fighters. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Should there be an area in the Hall of Fame for fighters? For tough guys. Yeah. Well, they've, they've played as big a role... I mean, I'm not saying as big a role as the the ultimate top end players or superstars in the league, but they've protected those players along the way. It's a team sport. Um, you have a builders I, category. Like, I would like to see an area. You have a builders category. I, I know that they I let know. writers in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they don't officially get to go in the. But Hall of Fame. they're in. There's a win yeah. for them. So should there be an area for the tough guys? I want people tweeting this. I want to yeah. know about this. Yeah, I personally know the value of it. You don't think I do because I was just the goalie. No, but I know. I got I know pumped you know up. The value. I mean, I got pumped up and knew the value in a hockey game when that moment happened and it changed the momentum of a hockey game and it gave you courage in a hockey game and it made you a b- bigger, tougher team to play against. How would you? How would you do it? I'm just. I'm thinking aloud here. How? How would you do it? Would you separate it into? Like you can't separate it. You've got to just include them. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. No. I'm just wondering where to put them. Okay, but if they're an important part of it because they give you the energy and everything, why can't John Scott play in the All Star game? game? Because he doesn't play enough. Because he doesn't play like Bob, like Bob Probert played 15 minutes a night. He was Tony Twist didn't. How, how much did Tony? T- he played more than three, didn't he? Yeah, five. Okay, five, five to six. Okay. But my point is, my my point is this: is I'm I'm trying to get to. This is a this is a fan a part of the game that people. Obviously, yeah. have a liking to. Yeah, it's not some guy at home just filling out a ballot box for him and filling out. Uh, at least I don't think, unless he's got a lot of relatives. I don't want to be. I, I didn't even know who he was playing for this year. <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I John, that. and I, I John, and I like John Scott. I, I, it's got nothing to do with this. I, I actually thought he was in San Jose until I found out he was in Phoenix or Arizona. Then that's on me. That's my fault. No, no, no. But, I, I get it. I think it. I think it's. Uh, I think it's actually quite funny um, that he's being recognized like this. But I will say that, but it, it does go to show. So what do that you do? What do you think? So you think he should play in the All Star game in two thousand three? I love his tweets or whatever he said lately. He's actually come out and said, uh, "Guys, three on three is not going to help me one bit." <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think good, he good, wants good to play in it. Humor. But I think that there has to be a way that that you have to recognize it because the league has a habit. When it comes to the fighting and the tough guys of putting their head in the sand and okay. just hoping the That's wind blows fair. away and goes yeah. away, and, and we're I, a tough climate right now. And I understand that yeah. you got coaches that don't, you got players that you should get a penalty for standing around in front of the net in a scuffle. Mm-hmm. You know why? 
because they don't fight anyway. Okay. What are you in there talking about? No, you come right. in and push a guy. Well, Great. Yeah. Now you're pushing. Now my kids are starting to do it. Okay. I'm like, 10. Hey, yeah, 10, just, 10, shovel on. Sh- just shut your mouth. I say to my yeah, boys, no, just shut your mouth and go to the bench because yeah. you, all you're doing is talking and, and you're not going to fight anyway. If you really think it's important, yeah. okay, son, I'll see if I can line something out, up in the parking lot with with the other young man there and see if that all oh, that all works. That usually puts a stop to the fight. Yeah, that surely what, does. But the, but the, all the talking and all the stuff that goes on now. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking through tough guys now and say who should be going to the All Star game. <laughs> Well, it is it is it is a hard thing to to try and Man. to to try and manage, but but John Scott that John Scott thing was something that piqued my interest this week. I, um, and I knew you were into something there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, here's another one for you. Buffalo uh, gets the uh, World Juniors. They beat good. out St. Louis and Pittsburgh, and um, and they're going to make an announcement, and we'll make it here first. But they'll they'll do an outdoor game. Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk yeah. of it. Um, St. Louis's bid was to also do outdoor uh, a couple, and uh, would that a be couple a, of games. So it would have been it would have been a Bush Stadium, and would have been uh, probably Sweden, Canada, U.S., Russia were the games, I believe. And, wow! Uh, and uh, along with the bid, um, Buffalo, you know, made some hefty promises. Yeah. Um, they did what they did last time. They've had it before, you know. And I think there was a ten million dollar guarantee that goes along with Buffalo's bid, and. And to me, that's uh, that's a significant amount of money that St. Louis, you know, had a bi- had big shoes to fill. Uh, Pittsburgh, on the other hand, they were out, and basically because they had to play in Erie, I believe, was their second building, which was an hour and twenty minutes away. And I think that scared a lot of people of it not being centralized, whereas mm-hmm. both St. Louis and Buffalo were capable of having them right right in the central area. St. Louis out in St. Charles and uh, Family Arena, and then. They have everything. A great arena, too. Great arena. And then how many? How many? Ten thousand? Yeah, nine thousand. Nine thousand right. family. So, so the Blues had the next best situation. Exactly, and uh, and made a great presentation. Made a great presentation. Pittsburgh uh, um, was in the running as well, and then of course Buffalo gets it. But you know what I fear now for for the for the Americans? Yeah, is they're it na- Canada's going to be the home they're, team? Yeah, they're now definitely the away team in Buffalo. Yeah. And generally, you know, the Canadians make a habit. That's their holiday every year. There's people that actually travel just to the World Juniors, yeah. wherever they may be, um, just to see them. So uh, I think the, both Pittsburgh and St. Louis did a great job of, the, of, of opening the eyes of USA Hockey and what's gone on and traditionally not had the, you know, great looks from any of these types of tournaments, international tournaments. But now we'll get the opportunity to have USA broaden their... Uh, opinions and horizons on what goes on in those cities and I think both of them do a f- fantastic job with their youth program so uh, congratulations to Buffalo um, and it will be exciting for the first outdoor game for the world juniors it will be Canada US and so uh, it'll be a big one it's going to be awesome I'm I'm so impressed with uh, with what uh, Terry Pagula and uh, and and they have done they're our good friend uh, Mark Preisler's uh, involved in the kind of the management team over there um, Kevin Adams, the former player, is uh, right involved there as well. Uh, and on their hockey side, you know, their whatever their uh, the schools and everything they got. Marty Biron's there. But when we went to Buffalo the last time, which was only less than a month ago, the hotel scenario right down there. They're going to have outdoor rinks where the old odd was. They, they're going to have several outdoor rinks right there. It, it's it's great. It's going to be fantastic, you know what? and it's going to lure a lot of a lot of UFAs that would never have considered Buffalo. 
it's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm telling I'm you right now, that's set up. And I'm not saying it's a destination team, but they're no, a no, good no. young team. No, I get what you're they saying. They got passion no. amongst the fans. They sell out the building. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's fantastic. So congratulations to them. But Blues as well did a phenomenal job as well. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking they'd rather have a Stanley Cup parade down Market Street right about now. I don't anyway. think there's any question. Uh, Be a good trade-in. I've missed out on the uh, World Junior, but hey, we're going to have this bigger parade. No question about it. <laughs> now, you had the opportunity to uh, sit down with our guest of the week. so uh, I did. And, want, uh, want, want me to roll on that for a second? Why well, you can. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, that's Darren? A, that's a great idea, big guy. And listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you either on this, because you know me. I'm an, I'm, an, I'm an honest guy when it comes to this. Yeah. I, I sat down with John Davidson, Yeah. Okay? a guy that I have uh, looked up to in a big way, as a uh, certainly as a... A broadcaster, I, when I retired from the game, I, call, I called upon him. I read stuff that he did. So he was, a, he was a big influence in my broadcast career, and he brought me to a couple of Olympics. I know he was responsible in Nagano and in uh, Salt Lake City. So we've had some good times along the way. Uh, but one thing I'm not really good at is this microphone. <laughs> oh, so, Chaser. Oh, come on. So here's what happens. I uh, Don't put me in charge of the microphone. I, the interview went a lot longer than what I'm going to roll here, but I kind of screwed up the first part, okay? So we're going to join it in progress, and, and the progress that I'm going to join it in is talking to John Davidson, now the president of uh, hockey operations for the Columbus Blue Jackets. We sat down in St. Louis recently, talked about his experiences all over the world. Different parts of the world. I was in Italy. I was in the... In uh, Japan, obviously, uh, I was in Norway. Uh, Salt Lake City was good, uh, all over the place. Uh, to see the different cultures and how how different countries react with their hockey, it's it's pretty fascinating. Really fascinating. I, I remember being up there because uh, I think uh, Michelle Kwan kept thinking I was Scotty Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scotty, Scotty's one of the all-time great guys. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing you do too when you go to those types of things. Is you get to know a lot of the the athletes that you only see on TV because you're not in their sport, so you get to know them all. Great people. I can remember in Salt Lake City when you and I trekked outside to go see the 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 rock and roll band, the Bare Naked Ladies. Remember that? Those guys and uh, Tyler Stewart, the drummer, is a goalie, and love to talk hockey. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was really good. You you had dragged me out. I had no energy left in the tank, and you you uh, let's go. We're gonna go grab some dinner and watch the bare naked ladies. Yeah, it was pretty good. Those they're such good people, and they all the common denominator for all of us is here. I am. I'm 62 years of age now, and I've, it's uh, been in the league since 1973. The common denominator is the game. What a what a lucky lucky. I used to sit when I was broadcasting games at Madison Square Garden, and I did it for a long time. You get up there early for a 7 o'clock game, you could be up there at 5, 5.30, and you sit up in the booth and you look down to an empty arena and you go, what am I doing here? I'm just a kid that grew up in Calgary, Alberta, in western Canada. Here I am in Manhattan at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, and I'm broadcasting in it. My goodness. And you think about it, it's, just, it's, it's provided a great lifestyle for all of us. With John Davidson right now, and he's lucky enough to be on uh, NHLwebcast.com. Uh, I mean, you've, you've run the gamut, and now you're you're here on Chasing Pucks with Panger, it's called, and uh, uh, there's probably nothing like it. This is probably uh, you know something that you've you've the pinnacle, <laughs> the pinnacle, the pinnacle of one's career. I used to hit pinnacle golf balls, but now I know better. This is the pinnacle. 
Well, we've had a. Do you miss Boone Valley, by the yes, way? Yes, I do. Oh. Yes, I do. I, I miss. Uh, I miss. I, I, I love Columbus. It's uh, very similar. It could almost be a sister city to uh, to St. Louis. And uh, there's a golf course there called Double Eagle that our team owner owns. And it's like a sister course to Boone Valley uh, that you have just outside of St. Louis. And we were over at Meadowbrook and uh, just wonderful people. It just it, it, a lot of times, you know, you can play golf courses and they're nice. They're real nice. And, and Columbus has four top 100 courses. But it's more about the people. Yeah. And uh, when you're lucky enough to live in a city like St. Louis or Columbus, it's about the people. And we're, again, fortunate enough to get to know people, and uh, this Midwestern lifestyle is pretty good. Yeah, you brought me here to St. Louis, and I, I thank that. I'm on my seventh year here, yeah. you know, and uh, when you first asked me to come to St. Louis, you, it was a little bit of a leap of faith on all yeah. counts, n- never having to play for the St. Louis Blues, and you just told me to be you, be a broadcaster, and, and uh, they'll take in, they'll take take into you and uh boy has it worked out great jd i never got a chance to say thanks well no it's a good city it's a great hockey city it's an unbelievable sports city and the people here are um they're 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 good they they're they're kind-hearted um they love honesty they they love uh, uh the tradition of what the blues are about and if a person can come in and and work and enjoy it and blend into the community and be a part of the community. I think one of the things that people have to do, it's like when I came to St. Louis, I moved here, I lived here. And then when that came to an end, I moved to Columbus. I didn't want to at first because I, uh, I, I came to St. Louis because it was I had played here and uh, I'd only known New York and St. Louis. But uh, I was 59 and I'm that's pretty young. I got a lot to do. So I went to Columbus and uh, you gotta move in. You gotta be part of the community. And that's what you and your wife did and your your kids are around here now and it's 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 being a part of the community helping make the city a better place that's a big part of what uh, professional sports should be about and uh, and most people around especially hockey that's that's what they do in 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 columbus our ownership there it's a mandate to make uh, to make columbus a better city and i think it's one of the best kept secrets in the entire country it's a terrific terrific city to live to raise children there are schools um, sports, everything, all in. Yeah, I can't wait to go to uh, to Double Eagle or uh, or Muirfield Village and take on the member guest championship like we did at Boone Valley. So it was an important trophy in my uh, my my golfing career, you know, JD. Do you do you have any at this particular point, going from where you've gone to and then being a president, overseeing it, overseeing two teams right now? Is there what? What, what's the, the love that you get or what's the, the, the drive or the passion it's, or the excitement? It's hockey and it's about winning. It's about success. I think when I came to, to St. Louis, I was pretty green. I had no experience wearing a suit, you know, uh, but I quickly learned. And uh, the thing that I'm probably most proud of is that we were up against it here. There wasn't very much in the pipeline. Um, uh, we didn't have an abundance of funds to run around and get free agents, and sometimes that's good. So we had to draft and develop, and with Yarmo and uh, others, I, I look at the Blues now and I see the core of their club. So it's it's a team that drafted well and is developing, and uh, and I had to do the exact same thing in in Columbus. They were a little further ahead than what uh, what was St. Louis when I got here, but I, I had more experience behind me going to Columbus because of what I was able to gain here. So it's. Um, the drive is about winning, but it's also about seeing young people do well, to see kids um, realize their dreams, to see 
to see, I, I guess, a guy like Tarasenko, who I used to, I went over to Finland and uh, took a bag full of uh, St. Louis Blues paraphernalia over there and waited for him after a practice and kind of hit around the corner and gave him the bag. And he had a twinkle in his eye and a big smile, couldn't speak English real well. But I was, we were trying to, and it was all a plan, to get him to understand that we really like him and we want him to be a blue. And I know he's not in St. Louis yet, but you're going to be and you're going to love it. And to see the way that this kid has developed with a, a love to score and a love to play the game, that's the stuff you live for. Um, I, I look at a kid like Pareko, who's still green as, uh, green as grass, but he's got a great chance. And I know, uh, and I'll, I'll mention my brother as being part of the drafting of, uh, of Colton. He was, nobody even heard of the guy. And he kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and and it got done. I, I can remember sitting at the draft table in uh, Ottawa. I think it was I can't remember where it was, but uh, we decided at the table, and Doug Armstrong did a good job of finding a way to draft both Tarasenko and Schwartz. He made the trade and had two picks, uh, just about next to each other, and took them and got them both, and uh, things like that. It was a team effort, and. Uh, I think it was Danny Janelle, one of the scouts. He's sitting there and he goes, why don't we try to get them both? And Doug got right on the phone and made a trade, awesome. just like that. And, and give Doug a lot of credit for that. I mean, that's, that's what you do. You get aggressive, you try to do things, you, you do your, your, your work at grassroots, and things happen. But all that being said, that's what drives you. That's what drives you. It's a worldwide game, and not easy, but it drives you. Well, you, you mentioned Colton Pareko. We've mentioned many times on the air how Marshall Davidson and uh, your, your brother had uh, not only scouted Colton and liked him at a, at a younger age when he was more of a raw, uh, a raw thoroughbred at the time, but uh, to the point where he wouldn't even go to uh, the games close by because all the scouts were there and he didn't want to let them know that he yeah, was interested was, at all. Yeah. It's a true story. It's a true story. He used to go to, he wouldn't go see him in Calgary or Edmonton in the Tier 2 League, but he'd go to Drumheller. Which is Where a, the heck is Drumheller? It's a couple hours out of Calgary, and it's known for uh, it's known for dinosaurs. Seriously, where they've uncovered a bunch of dinosaurs. But it, they they had a team in the league, and he'd go there and watch them play, and be the only scout in the stands. Now, I mean, unfortunately, he was there when it was time to draft him, and uh, and uh, and you know you have to you have to push for a guy, but you also have to have the leadership listen, and they did. And they're, and they're able to pick him, so it was it was good good for the Blues. He's a, this kid looks like he's got a chance to be a, a great player. If he ever starts hitting the net with that rocket he has, it'd be scary. We, we've let him know many times who the guy was that scouted <laughs> oh. him. Do you know that? No. He's no. such a wonderful kid. Yeah. We, we tell him the story, and he, he yeah. was a little oblivious, and, yeah. but he, he's the kind of kid that will yeah. remember Boy, the name. He's a good kid. Boy, he stands up and shakes yeah. your hand whenever yeah. you meet him. He's a real, real gentleman. It's nice to see good kids like that in our game. Yeah. It really is, and uh, obviously his upbringing has a lot to do with it and uh, he's uh, he's you, you, I, I tell a lot of our young players just the whole world's sitting there yeah it's sitting there you can go get it if you want it in our world of hockey just do it the right way drive yourself and I think that kid's got it I'll end it on this speaking of doing it the right way was it the right way when you when that Clydesdale came through the Ooh. doors that was, was that, a, that was it's Tennessee been mentioned Walker. to me again, and I, I remind. We'll end it, it on this a, little quick yeah. note, okay? It was a Tennessee Walker. We had uh, my first year of marriage, which is 42 years ago, out in Chesterfield. I had bought a five and a half acre place from Glenn Sather, uh, who was traded. It cost ninety three thousand dollars, two horses included, and furniture. And uh, so we had New Year's Eve at my place out there, my first year of marriage. And I look out the window, and there's Floyd Thompson, former blue, white pine we called him, 
on top of the horse. The horse whose name was Moonstep. It was a Tennessee walker, a big horse. And Bobby Plager had taken his belt off and had it around the neck of the horse, and he's pulling the horse. I'm going, oh, my God, where are they going? So up the, up the steps and across the back patio, as they pull a horse into the house, White Pine hits his head above the door and falls off. And Bobby doesn't stop. He keep, brings this monstrous horse into the house. Now, this house had real nice hardwood floors and carpet that was not wall-to-wall. So you could see like six inches of beautiful hardwood floor to the wall after the carpet ended. And he'd take the horse from room to room. And as the horse went around from room to room, the hooves would go <laughs> and scratch the hardwood right out. <laughs> now, I, my wife... No, it didn't take a while at the time. I was kind of giggling, and I shouldn't have, so I was in trouble. But Bobby was being Bobby. It was all taken care of after, and Bobby Plager was being Bobby Plager, and he hasn't changed since. It was a classic, just a classic. He hasn't. That's a great way to end it, J.D., and it's always a pleasure catching up with you as always, bud. I'll, uh, I still tell people that you went three for two three times when we won the club championship or the uh, get, member guest championship you went three for two three times lion's to win squirrel. that lion squirrel finds the acorn and uh, doug armstrong thinks i don't have an honest handicap <laughs> i love that we're going to edit on that of all things thanks big boy okay john davidson our guest we'll return right after this as you're listening to kelly chase and darren payne if you're in the mood for some more sports talk Try not so fast here on the Lineup Media Group Network. Myself, Tony Hubert, my friends, Jimbo, Tio, and Big E, we bring you all the conversations that you wish you could have in the office. The difference, we tape them, we record them, and we play them back so you can enjoy them. Not so fast here on the Lineup Media Group. Losses bring more. Oh, my gosh. You know nothing about MMA, and apparently you don't either. Oh, I'll I'll bet you... Three to one. Make it simple. I'm not doing anything stupid. I would take Bryce Harper, take him to Armenia just to breed. I got to tell you, not, not to be gay, but the guy looked good. Not So Fast. Find us online at notsofastpodcast.com. Plus, on iTunes, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Get every LMG podcast now at lineupmediagroup.com. Back here with Darren Pang, I'm Kelly Chase. Rolling, 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 got to keep on rolling. Chasing bucks with bang. Chasing bucks with bang. Uh, Darren Pang, Kelly Chase, Panger40, at Panger40 on Twitter. At NHL Show or at ChasingBucks39. It's on NHLPodcast.com and you can email us at at nhlpodcast.com or info at nhlpodcast.com you can go to itunes stitcher podbean or any major podcast outlet click on subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and that'll help our reviews and we would appreciate it and remember you can check out all of our shows and our lineups on on lineup media group for shows like ocho man behind the eight ball you're on the clock let's get it on mma with big john mccarthy and sean wheelock check it out now at lineup media group Dot com. And Panger, great, great time talking with John Davidson. Stories yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean could have gone forever. Oh, I could have gone forever. I love that's what I love about it. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the tweet of the week. The tweet of the <laughs> oh, week. Yeah. I got the tweet of the week. The tweet of the week yeah. was you're in it. <laughs> Last week, hey, little you know, little uh little grief I took over the referees. This week, kind of a cool story. 
you know what? I thought it was pretty cool. You know, and I, I sent out something last week. Garrett when, Sparks. When Garrett Sparks got a shutout. Got a shutout. In his very first NHL game. The first Toronto Maple Leaf to ever do that. Unbelievable. Which, you think of all the great goalies in Maple Leaf history. He's the first one to ever have a shutout in his first game. I sent out a tweet and, and at Panger40, and all I said was I congratulated um, I, I congratulated him, and uh, here's, here's, uh, he's at at G Sparks 40. See that? Yeah, I like I'm that. at Panger 40. He's at G Sparks 40. And uh, so I say what I, can I, can I say what yeah. I say? So he starts, so I say, so at G Sparks 40, starts his first NHL game and gets a shutout. I had one going for a minute and 48. I looked at the stat sheet. Minute and 48 before sniper Kurt Giles scored on my first shot. Hmm. <laughs> so that's what I fired out there. And, uh, you know, so I fired that out there. And I didn't know this, that Garrett Sparks has a connection to me. I had no idea when I sent that out. He played with Robbie Fabry in, in Guelph in the Ontario right, League. Right. Didn't know he was from Elmhurst, Illinois at first. I'm trying to sift through this Garrett Sparks guy. Well... I'm going to go to another part of it. During the Maple Leaf game that he got the shutout in, I get a text from Curtis Joseph. Okay, Curtis Joseph wore number 31 with the Leafs, the mask with the teeth. Right. Garrett Sparks is wearing number 31. He's got a very close replica mask of Curtis Joseph. Cujo sends me, you know, said, isn't that something? Look at this kid. He's wearing 31 and he's got my mask. Kind of like, right. must, must really like, must really right. like Curtis right. Joseph. Right. The next morning, I get a text from Garrett, a uh, 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 tweet from Garrett Sparks, that is classic. He says, oh, "Where am I here with Garrett Sparks here?" He says, uh, "At Panger Forty, don't know if you remember, but there's a reason I started wearing forty, and there's a picture of me and him. He's about a six-year-old at a goalie camp in Chicago, so I didn't have the heart to send a note back to Cujo and say, hey, big boy." <laughs> He doesn't really like 31. He grew up he grew up liking number 40. So the 448 wins or whatever that you had, 454 wins that you had in the NHL, he most likes my 27 career wins. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely our tweet of the week. Definitely our tweet of the week. Garrett Sparks, what do you think about... And so, of course, at the post-game interview, they asked him a question, what do you think about doing... And he just emotionally overcome him and, and he started crying. He's got a lot of me in him, doesn't he? Oh, my God. A listen, baller. Listen, I'm a, a crier. crier. Yeah, I'm a you crier. are, too. You're, I'm you're, a crier. You're an emotional, sensitive guy. But I couldn't do that in that situation. I couldn't. I would not have done that. I mean, that poor kid, the heat that he is going to take from his teammates. Isn't that something that we're that? Listen, folks. There is absolutely zero HR department when it comes to the <laughs> locker room. You can say whatever you want, and we do, to each other. It is ruthless. It is sometimes way over the line, and we sort it out. It's amazing how life, you can't say one thing without offending somebody or hurting somebody's feelings, some social group, some political group, some per, someone personally. But in the locker room, we can be stronger as a group by saying whatever we want to one another to make sure that we straighten it out and we leave it in the locker room. No HR department in hockey, folks. There is no HR department in hockey. Someone There's got nobody the nine coming. Hearts. Yeah. Someone got the nine Somebody hearts. Somebody did. Yeah. Folks, listen, that's our tweet of the week. And I'll tell you what, if you want to give us some love, next time you're going to buy something on Amazon, before you go, 
You go to our website site at nhlpodcast.com. You click on the Amazon banner. It doesn't cost you anything, okay? It doesn't cost you a thing to do it. We get credit for the referral, and it keeps us in the show on the, on the air and keeps us uh, paying the bills around here. So that'd be great. If you don't mind, just give us a little love. Go to, the, go to Amazon. Click on our website or go to our, our website, nhlpodcast.com. Click on the Amazon ba- banner, and uh, it'd be fantastic for you. If you're going there anyway, why not? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, Darren? Why wouldn't you? We'll be back in a minute chasing pucks with Pang here on NHLpodcast.com. This is Lineup Media Group. Perfection in podcasting. And here they are. Always anticipated here on NHLpodcast.com. Kelly, Chase, and Darren Pang, we love the three calls. The top three calls that we've chosen right here on Chasing Pucks with Panger. And a change sides with Seabrook. Kane takes a look. Seabrook sneaking in. Where's Kane going to go? He tried to try to score. Patrick Kane has scored for his 21st consecutive game. Tying the all-time Chicago record. The Hawks cash on a two-man advantage and are now down one. Well, congratulations to Patrick Kane. 21 straight the great Golden Jet Bobby Hull consecutive scoring streak in Blackhawk history I'm sure they will and we're joking Karpikoski needs all the help he can get he can't afford to give any away all pocket pick there he is again Malkin scores what a goal about it when he's feeling it when he's playing well he can do stuff like this pitch press on pocket excuse me spinorama bar down <laughs> that is just magic oh my goodness five seconds and here it sparks you will remember this night for a long time he picks up a shutout in his national hockey league debut Big smile. Pretty special stuff, isn't it? Well, let's get a recording of this. That doesn't tug your emotional strings. Nothing will. That's pretty cool. The Leafs pick up a 3-0 win, but not just any old 3-0 win for Garrett Sparks. The first win of his NHL career, and it's a shutout. Back here on NHLpodcast.com. I'm Kelly Chase, along with Darren Pang and Chase and Bucks Panger. And uh, Panger, every week we like to throw out the uh, dude really segment, making sure that, uh, uh, you know, we, we get a little bit of a uh, little bit of, I guess we're, we're, we're touching into the base of the dude really segment uh, where we get a little controversy once in a while around the league. And uh, that's what we got going here this week. And we're going to Minnesota with it. Ryan Suter. He got a new defense partner, and he wasn't happy about the change. He said, I don't know what they're thinking when he learned he'd be reunited with uh, Jonas uh, Brodeen and his partner for much of the past two seasons. Uh, he said, I need to play with a right-handed 
defenseman, yep. and I'm not happy about it. And he let the coach know through the media, maybe not the timing being great because they were losing and stuff, but, dude, really? Is that what you do, Panger? You blast it out to the media? I found, I found that almost calculated. You know that? When I, I, I listened to it, and, and Ryan Suter, um, when you ask him a question, he's thoughtful. He knows, how to, he knows what he's saying and knows how to answer it. Not a real boisterous guy, no. but a thoughtful guy. And, he's, and the way he said it and the way he looked around in that locker room, and he was clearly making a point. Oh, he, and I don't know if he went in the locker room first and, the, and they talked about it with the coaches. I didn't get that impression when he was doing the, uh, the interview or the scrum that they had afterwards. So he'd been playing with Jared Spurgeon. Right. Right hand. So they got Dumba, Spurgeon, and really Prosser are their right hand shots. I thought he and Brodeen were awesome together. Right. Did you? I, I did. I'm surprised by it. And I also think that, you know, I'm surprised by it, but, I'm, but I also think it's, it's really odd that with all of the changes that go on in a game, that you have to be frustrated with more than just that to come out and say that to the media. Oh, okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's other things bothering you to that point before you come out and have... Uh, we're pretty calculated when it comes to what we say. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're uh, Brett Hall or Jeremy Roenick, mm-hmm. you've, you've, you know, you don't just say it to get a reaction. And these mm-hmm. guys, to me, something's gone on to this point. It didn't just start that morning. It... it, it it got to that point. So, so for me, I, 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 you know, my whole, you know, dude, really? Do you say it to the media? I guess you, I guess. This is the way we are. I but was... I liked, I liked the fact that yeah. he come out. Cause, cause listen, sometimes the coaches, sometimes the coaches get comfortable too and thinking that, you know, the game and here again, the yeah. game's easier than it is. Yeah. And it's not easier than it is. No, it is. Sometimes your players are making, sometimes your players make adjustments for the coaches. You seen the Claude Giroux uh, grabbing the grabbing the yeah the whiteboard the whiteboard going fantastic. in go- on the four on three. I thought it was fantastic too. I have never seen that in hockey. I have never seen the coaches hand the whiteboard to the players and say, "Here, you guys figure it out." They should do it more often. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, why? They're the, ones, they're the ones that know instinctively what to do, or they're the ones that know the habits of the defending team. As an example, I mean, G- Drew drew it up and did it. That's no ma- awesome. It, no matter what, though. You have to have a conversation with your players prior to, so you should be talking to them, re- reiterating it. Yeah. How can you not be prepared for that situation? It should have been, I'll tell you, Bobby Plager took the Peoria Rivermen when I was playing there in the minors the year we won the championship, and he took uh, Dave. They took about seven guys in the, in the locker room, and, and he said, listen, uh, to Dave Tomlinson, he said, where was your power play ranked last year? And he said, number one. He said, here. And he handed him the uh, dry erase. He said, I want you to show these other three guys what, what, what you guys did on the power play. And this is, you guys are going to run the power play. And I said, I didn't play in a power play. And this is, this is you guys, you know. Yep. And then he stood there and watched and looked at it and assessed it game to game and sometimes made adjustments with players. Mm-hmm. But he said, you got the number one power play. And the same four of the five are here. So the other four of you, get on board because you're going to be rotating in spots. Yeah. And that's what he did. And by the way, he used me on the power play. I know that was coming out of you next. So, <clears throat> were you the net front presence guy? I might have been sliding off to the side once off in a while, the side. like getting tap ins from Nelson Emerson. But like Troy Bra- Troy Brower is good at it. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, you, actually, I I, I really enjoyed uh, being there. You have good I, hands. Don't I, set yourself short. No, I'm, I, I'm dead I, I really I really enjoyed uh, um, playing for Bobby and having the opportunity to play more yeah. because you know, you know, we had a successful team. 
I had a lot of points that year and a lot of fun, and I and I really enjoyed the game that year because he probably he the most fun. fun you had as a real as a player, huh? Yeah, With Joel the, Quenville and him were the two guys yeah. that I really enjoyed. Joel Quenville never one time addressed my position and how I should address the players on the ice. He let me. He he very seldom ever grabbed a hold of me and said, "Hey, just calm it down a little bit." He knew that he that I knew the role better than he did, and he left me alone to do it. And he and he and he knew that I was. I had the best intentions for the team, um, mm-hmm. you know, that I wasn't trying to take advantage or just be selfish about it. I wasn't trying to stand out. I just wanted to, I, I really, you know, I should have concentrated more on playing than I should have fighting probably, yeah. which is, you know, neither here nor there now. But in any event, what a great week, Pair. Thanks was, for your time, buddy. Yeah, that's actually really good stuff, buddy. Really enjoyable day. I know we're... Uh, we're doing it at some swanky hotel, you know, on yeah. the road, and you know. Let's just say it's a Ritz. It's a, it's a Ritz. Who I would mean, care? whatever, whatever. That's the way we roll. I'm, here. I'm getting. I'm just as we're doing it. I'm getting a manicure, pedicure here anyway. So, <laughs> Muffy. <laughs> Chase, you're another great oh. week, buddy. And I, we're, we are really enjoying our uh, NHLpodcast.com, and uh, find us, tweet about it. And, uh, we and download will, the free audio book. Yeah, oh, yeah, to, download Audi- that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Audibletrial.com slash NHL. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash NHL for your free audio book. And uh, let me tell you, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun on NHLpodcast.com and our, our, and our great friends uh, over at uh, Lineup Media Group for, for setting everything up. Chris Laking, yep, fantastic great job. job. Yep. And, he puts up uh, with our act. We'll be back. He's to, a magician. He is a magician. <laughs> we'll be back next week with a little bit more on NHLpodcast.com. Darren Pang, Kelly Chase, out. This has been Chasing Pucks with Panger, a lineup media group production. Find the show online at NHLpodcast.com, plus on iTunes, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Get access to all of the Lineup Media Group shows at lineupmediagroup.com.